0: Hello and welcome to Within Normal Limits, Copic's podcast featuring discussions of patient safety in the modern healthcare world. I'm your host, Eric Zacharias, a risk manager and patient safety consultant for Copic, as well as a practicing internal medicine physician. Thank you for listening and helping us further Copic's mission of improving medicine in the communities we serve.
1: This is Sue Scambati, the Medical Director of, of Copic's Patient Safety Risk Management Department, and I have the pleasure of hosting our usual host, Dr. Eric Zacharias, uh, and we're going to discuss uh, what to do with unsolicited test results. So just right yeah. off the bat, what does that mean, unsolicited test results, Eric? Yeah, it's a it's a...
0: Pretty broad catchment, but the bottom line is it's a test result for a test which you did not specifically order, or a test that was ordered without your knowledge or something that the patient self-referred for. So common areas where this occurs are health fair results, uh, companies market Uh, magic screening protocols, and patients come in to have a variety of tests and studies done. But it can also be physician, ordered physician-directed hospitalization, uh, out-of-town hospitalization where there's care and treatment, and uh, you did not order or participate in the care and management. And uh, those are generally what we're referring to.
1: Okay. So, um I did prepare a little for this and kind of looked at the coposcope um and really I think there it was beautifully described and there's two scenarios you either have a pre-existing doctor patient relationship with this patient that would be one scenario or in the other scenario you have no idea who this patient is um but they may have decided that they want you for their doc and sent you the results um so let's take the first where you do know this patient. They You have seen them in the past. You have a relationship. How do you mitigate your liability if you receive an unsolicited test? You didn't order it. You're not sure who ordered it, but here it is, and lo and behold, it's abnormal. What do you do?
0: Yeah, great question. And the way this will typically come up in in my practice, and I have a couple of case examples. Uh, but if the if a physician, uh, I'm sorry, if a patient self refers uh, for a for a health fair, for instance, and gets uh, uh, an ultrasound of their neck, and they get this carotid artery intima media thickness test done, and it comes back, let's say. Uh, 1.1 which is the highest category and it shows up in your office and you see this test which shows high-risk carotids. uh, A study you didn't order in somebody, what do you do with it? And the other side of it would be uh, a little more subtle and I'll I'll talk about both of them kind of simultaneously is if uh, somebody self-refers for a heart scan You know they have a family member uh, who has had a heart attack, uh, had a cardiac arrest, and they self-refer. You haven't seen them for a year or two. You know they saw a cardiologist five to seven years prior, and uh, the heart scan comes back with uh, a score of say 300, which is the highest risk category. And this shows up. It also says it goes to the cardiologist's office. You know what do you what do you do about this? So these are these are situations where you have a pre-existing relationship, a physician-patient relationship. And the simplest thing to do is just assume responsibility for contacting the patient, uh, discussing the meaning of the test, and uh, discussing discussing and setting up a, a plan of action. And this is what we mean when we say reasonable follow-up. And, and that means uh, schedule an office visit. You know, a phone conversation, a telehealth visit, uh, or uh, some way that it's clear. For instance, in that cardiology patient, uh, you can make sure that they're well aware of the result, document that you've had the discussion, and that they have a follow-up uh, appointment with uh, with a cardiologist. And you shouldn't assume just because someone else's name is listed on on the study that that person is either a going to see it. Maybe it comes in. Uh, with 744 faxes, they get that day. Which uh, you know, if you practice medicine, you know that you know that actually is not a made-up volume. It can happen. Um, and so, if you take on uh, ownership of those test results and somebody you have a relationship with, you know, it it doesn't guarantee that there's there's no risk, but it's it's reasonable and appropriate. It's what somebody would expect you to do and it just keeps you out of trouble. It can be maddening uh, when uh, someone goes and self-refers for a bunch of tests you have no idea what to do with, so some of these newer marker studies, which are, are curious, but there's no science to tell us what to do with them, but somewhere buried in there, there will be something that we actually know what to do with, uh, such as these carotid artery studies or a, a, a heart scan, so uh, that would be what uh is, is reasonable follow-up.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Are these considered emergencies?
0: Well, yeah, fortu- fortunately not. Uh, the the beauty of of this process is you do have a reasonable amount of time. But I advise you know any of our listeners that if you put these on the back burner and don't deal with them in real time, it just increases the likelihood that that someone will forget. Maybe uh, the MA who is going to deal with it. These come in on a Friday. They're going to deal with it on Monday. Maybe they're out on that Monday. You have a substitute MA, and then they get it. They file it. They assume it's already been done. So you know these can get uh, lost in the cracks, and that leads to the proverbial uh, system's failure. Uh, which if you practice long enough, you you see those. Certainly, if you do risk management, you see those uh, fairly regularly. Uh, so these do, you know, both these scenarios reveal high-risk scenarios, uh, the, the high-risk carotid finding, the high-risk heart finding. Now, the person may live happily for decades without having a complication, or they could have a complication relatively soon. Uh, so just timely follow-up. Uh, I recommend doing it in real time. You know, trying not to let uh, a day set on on these kind of test results before you try uh, first contact. That's that's certainly uh, a good way to reduce the likelihood of an adverse uh, adverse event happening, and it's best care for the patient. You know, they they rely on you uh, to help them interpret this information and and know what to do with it.
1: Exactly, I think that is the take home message is that they, um, I think you're just um, adding to your existing patient, uh, doctor patient relationship by helping them out, um, strengthening your doctor patient relationship, I should say. Um, now let's look at that other scenario where this is a patient who really doesn't have a physician or decided, Went online and really liked Doctor Zacharias' health grades, so he said, "I'm going to have my results sent to him." What do you do in this setting? What are your responsibilities?
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one, and that and that does come up fairly regularly, especially in people who have closed their practices. You know, it's the proverbial tag, "You're it." Uh, Somebody goes to a health screening. And they list you as their primary care doctor. You've never seen them before. You don't have a pre-existing physician-patient relationship. Your practice has been closed for some time. And say for argument's sake, a PSA comes back uh, around the level of nine. And this shows up in your office. The person's not listed in your system. You know, how do you how do you handle this? And let me qualify this by saying, for the love of goodness, don't just throw it away saying, this is not my patient. Uh, I mean, ultimately, legally, you may be allowed to do that, but it's not, uh, maybe not your optimal uh, moment of medical ethics. Uh, You do want to help this, uh, you do want to help this, uh, uh, help this person out. And so the way I would handle that would be, okay, you have this important piece of information. uh, It has your name on it. Uh, do I want to accept this person into my practice? And if so, then you contact the patient and you assume all uh, reasonable responsibility for interpretation, monitoring, follow-up, referral, etc. So that's a little more simple. Uh, The second option uh, would be if you choose, say, gosh, my practice has been closed for years, I've had several people try to backdoor into my practice like this, and I just... Cannot give them the appropriate time and attention it would take to provide good care. So it's in their best interest uh, to not have me be uh, their physician. So in this case, you can refer it, uh, you can return the test uh, to the original uh, diagnostic center or the original testing entity and uh, put a statement this is not a patient in our practice. Please use your data to inform the patient. Uh, so they can have an appropriate physician referral or or follow up. So that's a reasonable way to handle it. Um, that is something that we have done over the years. And uh, the, the other thing that that comes into a, into question, though, is if it is a critical finding, uh, it's it's perfectly reasonable. Uh, To alert the patient, say, "Gosh, we're not taking new patients. This is a critical finding, and and we do recommend uh, that you get follow up soon with somebody who uh, is able to take you into their uh, into their practice
1: and document it."
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, Spoken like a like an experienced manager, there, uh, Doctor Scambotti.
1: Gotcha. and any other points you can think of on this? I do like uh, that you did bring, into some, bring in some medical ethics because it can be tough when you're going through, trying to get through your paperwork, and you look at this and go, who is this? And then you realize it's not your patient. And it's so easy to you know, file it in the garbage or just click patient unknown to me and send it back out into the uh, – um, Cloud, so to speak., um, but it's really important, and you do uh, at the end of the day, have a bit of a responsibility for this as well. Um, what about reports you got in error? How do you handle those?
0: Yeah, so kind of the kind of the same way. you you do want to send them back to the facility uh, with with that information. So the laboratory, the imaging center, uh, whoever sent it there by mistake, But also contacting the patient. Uh, You you practice in a community of healthcare providers. We see this most commonly when practitioners share the same last name. Uh, I was aware of a scenario: there were two physicians in entirely unrelated fields who shared a last name. One was doing a lot of procedures and biopsies, and would come into uh, would occasionally go into the uh, the inbox for this other provider. And the other provider, this was in the uh, era of just paper records, we just throw them away, and mm-hmm. eventually this doctor found out and and, and called you know, the provider and said, what on earth are you doing? This is just absolutely not okay, and it really, this was a couple decades ago, and there's still a rift between these two physicians, and I have a special circumstance because my brother and I have the same last name, and we practice in the same community, so I uh, I don't want to make my brother angry. He's one of my best friends and a, and a stellar human and uh, it'd be hard to make him mad. But this is the kind of thing that that probably would make him a little frustrated with me, if not uh, outright mad. And and so you just you you alert the other physician or alert their office staff and make sure they have the test result. Follow it through. You do have to uh, take that extra step. Um, the other thing you can do is uh, you can contact the center that sent it to you inadvertently and say, hey, I'm the other Zacharias. Uh, this should go to the smart Zacharias uh, that practices neurology. Send it to him. Make sure they have that information and that, that he sends it, and then you can destroy that. Uh, it is a, it is a, actually, it is a HIPAA breach Uh, if there's not a pre-existing condition to send, uh, pre-existing relationship uh, to send that uh, material. Um, And so it's okay if the sender says, gosh, our bad, Uh, will you please shred and destroy that, and we'll make sure to send it uh, to the right ordering physician, and as you say, documenting that as well. So it's not incredibly complicated, a lot of common sense, But, you know, as you pointed out, we practice in the real world. You get in a hurry, you get stressed, it's just one more thing to deal with, and you want to destroy it without ensuring appropriate follow-through. So in no circumstance, even if you can plausibly say, legally, I did the right thing, I I think ethically, at best, uh, that's a challenging position to take. And I would also challenge you to say that's in the best interest of a patient. Uh, to ignore an an appropriate and important result, uh, even if you're not the, uh, uh, the actual provider.
1: That's great. Well, how I would sum that up is that we should, when receiving these unsolicited tests, number one, take the extra steps, and number two, take those extra steps along the high road.
0: I, I think that's a, a perfect way to end it, and stated much more clearly. I got tongue-tied there at the end. I think it was the stress of thinking of my older brother being angry at me all these years, both in our fifties, and he still scares me. So, uh, yes, I can stand by it without without the terror of an older brother attacking you. Uh, you summed it up uh, very nicely.
1: Great. Well, thank you for uh, switching positions and sharing your expertise in this area. And I look forward to coming back with you some other time. Thank you.
0: Excellent. My pleasure.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Susan Scambotti, a colorectal surgeon and medical director of COPIC, thanking you for being a listener. We hope you find Within Normal Limits to be interesting and informative as we at COPIC continue with new ways to bring you content relevant to our mission. Please email us at WNLPodcast at copic.com with show ideas or topics you would like to see addressed in future episodes of within normal limits navigating medical risk also please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss any of our content and while you're at it please give us a rating if you enjoyed our show